Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. I got sick and tired of blowing money on trainings and coaches giving me advice that just weren't helping me move past my blocks and be successful in my business and shine the light that I was created to shine in my life. So I made a decision. Are you ready to make a decision? Would you like to stop blocking your own path to success and fulfillment? Maybe you want to gain the confidence to overcome life challenges yourself. You are in the right place if so. We welcome you to listen to this week's discussion. Did you miss a week? You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. To get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. It's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Julia Cologne from the city that never sleeps, New York City. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello, and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Aloha, and welcome. You're listening to Soul, your host for Pay Me What I'm Worth Talk Radio. Team Clarity members share their class time with us for two main reasons. Reason number one, they want those they hold near and dear to know about the changes that they're making on multiple levels. As they change, by listening to these classes, people who know Team Clarity members may opt to change along with them. Reason number two, to share their stories with you. I bet their stories and life lessons will inspire all sorts of ahas for you too. Okay, time to start the class. Timelines that you all are getting into. How's it going? Let's do a quick round robin check in on your timelines. I think I've hit a roadblock when it comes to the financial thing. I remember during our last discussion, we talked about not, not feeling like you have to have all the debits and credits and everything. But that has made me more conscious, really, of where I feel stuck. A lot of it is rooted with the financial part of it. The more that I look at my timeline from childhood on, I, the more I realize I've not been a good steward for myself financially. So it, that's, it's a tough one for me, too. Let me be more clear. And, and for me, it's been more, this is the, the first time that I've felt any kind of reverting back to the feelings of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. <laughs> Those little creepy crawlers, you just, isn't it amazing how deeply they've rooted themselves into our, our daily life? But what I find is I'm more able to recognize it earlier on. Instead of just wallowing in a bunch of stuff that I don't need to wallow in, I'm able to say, oh, there's my critic. And it, it makes it easier to come out of those thoughts quicker. Now that's power, Chelsea. That is power. It's like you're spending less of, if you think of a battery and the use of battery life, and if you leave the light, leave the flashlight on, it's going to wear down the battery, right? Right. So the amount of time we consume, the energy we consume, Dealing with doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, the less we do of it, the more energy we have. And I seem to recall you saying, Chelsea, you feel more energized recently. I sure do. I have much more energy for many reasons. It's amazing. I've not had energy in years. (laughs) 
It was disturbing for me when I was doing the timeline because when it came to me realizing how much money I started off making working for my ex-employer to when I walked out, I was just like, I should have been making more money. So I immediately just disregarded that, focused on the, the positive with my health, getting treatments for things that I needed to get done, not listening to the doctors because they did scare me a little bit. My mom, she passed away with colon cancer. Having a colonoscopy done was one of the, the biggest things I had to do because I was so afraid they were going to give me bad news. And getting that done was part of my timeline that I'm very proud of. I'm really excited, Julia, that you are, for lack of better words, drinking the lemonade out of some lemons. I mean, oftentimes these timelines can go, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, I, you're buried in it, and you've chosen to go, whoa, yeah, there's some stuff that's less than optimal. But at the same time, when it all said and done, your comment about your health is so spot on. Yes. The number of people I've met who said that they had, had they known back when that they were trading their health, something that was never going to be reversed for a paycheck, they would have quit that job a long time ago. I can even see the difference in my face and my skin now. Even my husband noticed it. He's like, You're, you don't have it. The dark circles are not as dark as they were before. I'm like, yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> and my kids, I'm going to sleep early. I'm drinking lots and lots of water, just things that I didn't have time for. And I, I was interested in it, but I was just too exhausted and juicing up and just eating much better than what I did before and getting a lot, lots of rest. I wouldn't even think twice of doing and all the money you're saving on concealer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it comes in different ways, you know. <laughs> and it can be expensive. That's yeah, sure. so, so mm. the health, compared to everything else on my timeline, I finished it, and I was just so happy that I have the time to take care of my health. Beautiful. Beautiful. All right, Marsha. How are you doing with that big old sheet of paper? Well, I'm not going to say mine's completely finished yet. Was going through special relationships in my life. There's so many relationships that I had that were special. And unfortunately, I wish I could remember the names. It's one thing that really bothers me, I think, is that I've had special relationships and because of having moved so many times and not being able to find my paperwork, who was that person's name, and yeah, that kind of bothers me, but it was easy for me to look at my financial situation. That was easy for me. As I had my children, I could remember certain situations or certain things that I needed to remember because... <laughs> I remember the things that happened during their birth and their raising them. My timeline is like a mosh posh of a bunch of ups and downs cycles throughout. I can see that. It's really fascinating to me how I can see the patterns. And now the pattern that I'm in right now, the energy, the delight that I'm feeling, the joy that I'm feeling, it's I can see that. I love that. That's my timeline right now. 
I'm still going for it. <laughs> so you know that I have to think, to bring up because I think it's fitting in the conversation is thinking about the timeline. It encouraged me to do a periscope this week that was based on our ground walls because. Like I said, when we first started this discussion, it started bringing up those feelings of shame and, and, and worry and, and everything when I started really looking at finances and health. Because I started thinking about those times in my life when I started gaining weight and relating that to also when some other things were happening that happened with relationships and stuff like that. All of that started making me feel those those negative feelings, and I thought, oh, Lord, I don't have a check of a trillion dollars. <laughs> this cash will for sure. So I ended up doing a periscope about it. <laughs> so I ended up doing a periscope about it to remind myself, A, to share with others, B, and to reframe my thinking. And I wonder... We'll check with everybody else on the team. Has anybody else felt the need to revisit the ground rules, felt that this exercise was sparking things that they kind of needed to reframe? I found that I needed to reframe relationships. Because when I first started looking at relationships, the ones I focused on were the bad ones and how bad they were and how I was hurt, things like that. But then I realized that I needed to reframe that and look at even the bad relationships, looking at what I learned from that so that I would have a more positive takeaway from all the relationships I've had in my life. Would you say that you kind of took that understanding, sort of going back to ground rule tool, the two of just the challenge, understanding that was a challenge and looking for the opportunity in that challenge? Absolutely. Instead of focusing just on the pain, I reframed it and looked at more that it was more of a challenge, which is how I deal with difficult people at times. I'll say, okay, part of me wants to say, okay, they're just stupid, but that's not a positive way to frame it. To frame it, I say, ooh, that person's a challenge. And it makes you look at that person differently when they get on your nerves. It absolutely helps when you look at it differently. I have to say as well, I can't say that one rule or the other, because clearly all of these rules came into play for me throughout the week. The one rule that wrapped all of it up for me was ground rule through it's three, it's my responsibility to balance my thinking with my doing. And every wall that I smacked into when I was thinking about finances, when I was thinking about health and relationships, every wall that I've smacked into came down to I had a feeling in those, there was a, a pinnacle during those three areas that I stopped doing anything as a result of how I was feeling. And that kept me stagnant. I lost so many years. Mm-hmm. I made so many withdrawals from my wisdom bank in my time in my life because I stopped doing things. That was like, whoa, even I'm getting chills right now even thinking about it. One of the ground rules that I had to go back to was worry the last few weeks. That played a big role in my life, and I say it played as in past tense. Uh, Fear did, it took a hold of me for a little bit. So I had to go 
back to the ground rules and know that what I'm feeling and what I'm going through, it should not manifest in my life. Once again, I had to go back to those ground rules and re-encourage myself that I am on the right track and that if we were all the same people, then obviously fear would not play a role in my life. We would all be okay. I had to deal with that and overcome it. I can say that I'm doing much better today than what I was a few weeks ago. Awesome. I went back to the ground rules because I chose to review them. And what I'm discovering is within this past, I guess it's 45 days, this marathon that I'm on, because I want so much to get this class started for myself, I found myself really just not even thinking about what to do or what to say or how to say it, but just doing. And it really felt good to me because I think in the past, When I had things to do, I could see that I would just hold off. I would give myself an excuse and hold off. And now this time, it's like I'm in that flow of energy that feels so good that I'm just doing. I'm just doing. I'm just taking action without even thinking or worrying about it. Now I'm seeing myself doing the opposite within this past 45 days. It's been really nice to be in that flow of energy. That's big, Marcia. Out of that, what, out of what you said, I just picked up on something that was really profound that I wanted to highlight, and that is that you are now extending others in your life the opportunity, the blessing of choice, so you're not allowing your controller to take over, right? That's big. We were talking about, in the beginning, we were talking about doing things as they feel good, right? And one of the things that I was saying on on my Periscope earlier this week was that there's a fine line between feeling good and this is a little uncomfortable and I'm not going to explore anymore, right? And this timeline, for me, certainly offers us the opportunity to know, okay, toe that line and it's okay to dip my toe on the other side of that line and see how that feels, going a little bit beyond that uncomfortable place. Yes? Yes. So when it comes to the, it sounds like, Julia, that both you and I both sort of had that moment with the balancing the thoughts with the action. Really, that's kind of fitting for our sort of pre-discussion that we had today with balancing our word with our deed, right? That's, that's one of those things that we keep revisiting. So that's something that I'm trying to stay mindful of. But I'm not beating myself up when I'm not being congruent with my deed. But I'm certainly willing to call myself out and say, eh, I didn't show up there. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you're bringing it up because is when I stop and ponder on my own timeline, some of the most powerful teachers that I know, I now reflect on the fact that I wandered my time with them. I should have just gone out and taken a $50,000 cash withdrawal and walked down the street with $100 bills and just thrown them in the air and not looked back. I mean, that's pretty much what I did. I kissed away what they could have helped me with because I played this dance of, well, it was too uncomfortable. Well, I'm this. I made the excuses. I allowed a doubt, guilt, shame, and worry to overcome me. And my teachers were wise enough to, go, to know that even if they pressed me, 
even if they said, look, Saul, um, the clock's ticking. How you used my time, whether I'm doing dishes or whether I'm sitting down with you to uncover some of the most profound things that you have waiting for you in your life, doesn't matter to me. And so I reflect on the fact that had I been a little more conscious, a little more astute, a little more awake and aware that the teachers that I was paying really good money to, but because I was making really good money, I looked at it like, well, I pissed away five grand on lunch yesterday. Big deal. It was a nice lunch, nice little memory. Can I remember the people at that lunch? No. Have they impacted my life to the degree that these teachers have impacted my life? No. But because I could, I did. And now it's sources of pain for me that these people are now dead. There's no way I can go back to apologize to them because I really do want to. So I've said it in my prayers. And part of the goal of this timeline, when I was going through my own timeline, is I wept because I literally screwed myself so many times because I knew these people, they showed up in my life at exactly perfect timing. They showed up in my life to take me from A to a thousand A's. But I blew it because I had no confidence in myself. Why would they want to have any time or investment in me? Who am I? Has that who am I question popped up into your consciousness as you played with your timelines? Where I have people in my life that do want to help me, it came to thought that I was not putting in the effort that I should be putting in as the way they are putting it for me. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's something that I need to work on. I cannot even put in the words, but it didn't start with the timeline for me. I think for me, I smacked into that who am I wall when we were talking about dreams. <laughs> and my I had a huge breakdown, like, oh, my God, who am I? Because I've spent my whole life playing the hero role in my different relationship that I was acting out of what – worried that somebody was going to think this or worried that somebody was going to uh, feel that. And my controller, hey, big aha that I had this week too, my controller is like really out of, it's just re- ridiculous. My controller is ridiculous. So you don't have to chime in and say anything. I already know it. So I'm sitting here always thinking, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here thinking that I'm being the responsible one to have all of these mitigations in place to handle if this and that and if that and this. And really it comes down to me being controlling rather than having the faith that God's given me what I need to navigate whatever this divine order is. That was such a liberating moment for me. So, yeah, the who am I all the way through, I've had to give myself permission over this last little bit to, to be okay and not be ashamed of the fact that every day I'm awakening to so much more of who Christina Irvin really is, or rather than the feeling that I have to live up to what everybody else perceives Christina Irvin as. Yum. Let me just posit this notion. We have carved out two months for this journey, and the reason why is I would like – we don't have to. We can stick to just a month if you feel – confident that your timeline journey is wrapped up. 
what I suggest is daily roll out that timeline, look at it, add to it, ponder it. And I posted in the water cooler a tool that Christina and Chelsea, I think he'll chuckle, uh, Eric Erickson is known as the father of most life developmental models. He was one of the first persons who published extensively on how do we develop as a being. And he came up with eight stages. Chelsea, you laughed. I knew you would. <laughs> this is basic social work 101, isn't it? <laughs> One of the tools that I'll offer you to begin to look at theme-finding, theme-seeking, is these eight stages. And as you overlay each of those stages onto your timelines, things are going to pop out at you. I mean, literally, like popcorn exploding. There will be things on your timeline that will pop out. Now, on my timeline, I put tons and tons of post-it notes and pictures and magazine picture cutouts of things. And I mean, my timeline is, is just a chaotic mess. But every time I roll out that timeline and I overlay Ericksonian's model of development, I begin to see where I skipped a stage and where it came in. I began to see who showed up in my life exactly the moment I needed to shift from one stage to the next. And to me, those ahas to this day gives me goosebumps. <laughs> it's a great way to see how your life has developed visually. And if I recall part of his theory, and Christina and Chelsea, you are schooled in this as well, so uh, buff me up if I'm completely off the mark. One of my takeaways from his theory was we don't necessarily go through stage one through stage eight chronologically. I mean, we can. Many people do. However, due to life circumstances, we may pole vault over a particular stage. We may skip it during what that particular age normally has for that stage. However, and the long and short of it, throughout our life, we will have to go through that stage. Mm-hmm. Did I yes. summarize that adequately? Yes. Mm -hmm. Classic example of that are children who end up becoming parents before they're even teenagers. Children who fall into the caretaker role for whatever reason, whether it's an illness, an abuse, a chronic fatigue, whatever. But children sometimes end up being parents to their parents before they're teenagers. They haven't had a chance to play. Well, where do you think the midlife crisis thing comes in? <laughs> Isn't the midlife crisis when all of a sudden everyone accuses you of being a child? <laughs> yes. In your 40s, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Part of our timeline, the last, is forecasting. What do you want in the next 10 years? And my hope is that as you become really conscious of your theme, you can begin to look at what is it you want to plan for. 
the observation that Chelsea just posted right before our class time caused me to cry with joy because Chelsea, you are stepping into a very profound state of awareness. Care to share? I had posted previously about June 26 being the day that the world historic change was made so that same-sex couples could marry. I had great expectations for my closest family and friends, and I got hurt because it, I didn't get what I expected. So the more that I've worked with this throughout the week brought me to the post that I made this morning. The definition for this post for expectation is the state of looking forward or anticipating. From my last post, I have an update. Let's talk about expectations. Since June 26, when the Supreme Court ruled the same-sex force and sex marriage, I have been living in my expectations. Just as living in your judgments, your critics, your controller, expectations is not a good place to live. Expectations bring hurt feelings and disappointment in others. I have been so disappointed in many of my closest friends because I anticipated they would say something in support of me having the same rights as they do. I learned through expectation and anticipation that I am disappointed. I also have learned not to live in expectations because it will set you up for disappointment. Being part of Pay Me What I'm Worth, I've been able to recognize that it is my issue that I placed expectations on my friends and family. As a human race, we bring our own sorrow by expecting others to do what you would do in certain situations. I must step out of expectation and be the support system to myself. I will not set myself up for others to discount me by placing my expectations on them. I am blessed. It has been a difficult time, but such an eye-opening time. I expected that when that court ruling came through, that the people that truly loved me would call and say, oh my God, this is awesome, congratulations. And it didn't happen. I did get some congratulations from one that I never thought would, I would get it from. I was very surprised and was very hurt when my closest family that I've made my family never responded, nothing, not a word. But as I've gone through really processing this, I realized that it was my expectation that I anticipated they would do that, and I was wrong. So it's very important. Do not live in expectations, because most of the time you will be disappointed. There was a discussion that Chelsea and I had early on in the week, and I had explained to her several years ago when President Obama was elected the hurt and the disappointment that I felt that, much like she was saying in that scenario, I didn't get the call, I didn't get the acknowledgement when I went to work with the people that I'm supposed to be the closest with at work or anything like that. And I had expressed to her early on the importance of the lesson that I learned, ironically, prior to going through this journey, not to have that expectation because 
of the exact same similar feeling. You didn't have to agree with him being a good choice for the president or with his politics, mine or yours or anybody else's, but the, the sheer fact that now a black mom doesn't have to lie to her child when, when she says to her child, you can be anything in the world, including the president of the United States. That's what's the most important thing. And so I totally could resonate with Chelsea with her pain on that. Part of the expectation is you want people to recognize how significant having our first African-American president was. I got to experience that on his first election with Christina, with her family on the phone, in tears, and realized how significant that was. And then June 26 came in, that was significant also. So it, it helped me understand what Christina went through with that even better because people aren't going to live up to what you have your expectations set at. The old Buddhist saying, there is pain in life. Suffering is optional. Yes. A bulk of our suffering is sourced from the very topic we're talking on right now. Expectations. Yes. Absolutely. I have known teachers who, after decades of knowing them, living in their own home at times, getting to know them, that not until literally the last few months where they knew that they were going to be dying soon did they share with me how they had lived with debilitating chronic physical pain. I never was aware of it. Not once for decades did I ever hear them groan or moan or complain. Not once. And I juxtapose that with a society that, boy, if we, if Twitter is down for more than 15 minutes, life is not happy. <laughs> Not once did they want to burden me with how they were feeling physically. And I can recall one of the few times in my life where I have felt deep rage, rage to the point that I thought I was going to burst a, a vessel in my brain. And the rage was rooted and a feeling of betrayal. Why would someone I love and care for so deeply, why would someone I love and care for so deeply that I'm doing all that I'm doing for them? Why would someone I love and care for so deeply not tell me that they're in such physical pain? And then I got in touch with my controller and got my answer. So this timeline journey do you see how I'm inviting you to tickle out themes that have kept you bound and shackled, possibly for most of your life? Yes, Lord, yes. And I have this silly notion that those bindings, those shackles, are, are things you prefer not to carry on going forward. Yeah? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but how do you know to release them if you're not aware of them? Attacks on your high window always come into play, right? 
everyone will always have a little teeny tiny pane of blindness that the Uahari window represents. It is my goal with our journey that that pain grows ever, ever, ever so small. Marcia, is it fair to say that as you've allowed your sense of divinity to really blossom within you, your blindness has resolved itself? Yes, it has. Even with my timeline, I see the moments where I have actually had that invitation where the divine has been trying to speak to me or speaking to me, actually, and I have not listened. And so I see some of those missed opportunities that I could have grown at that point. And right now, it's like it's coming back, and it's really freeing me from so many things that I don't know how else to put it, but things that I caused for myself that I should not have caused at that point. It's so freeing to be able to release the things in the past that I was guilty of. Now I see, gee whiz, I put a lot of this on myself as well as the fact that my divine self doesn't have to be so judgmental. And it doesn't judge me that way. It just loves me. And I'm recognizing that all along I have been loved. And it's just that I haven't listened or opened up to it like I could have. And it feels so good because I'm allowed to release all this for myself. And I can talk about things and it doesn't bother me anymore. Just that freeing point where I can say, oh, Thank you, thank you for this gift. feels so much like a gift. Last week I shared what could have been some rather rattling perspectives. When I tell people I am God, I have done keynote presentations in front of auditoriums anywhere from 2,500 up to, I think the largest crowd I've presented in front of is a little over 25,000. And I have said those words to the audience, I am God. And I stop, and I let those words sink in. I am God. And I let the energy of the audience grapple with itself, because there are beings in the audience that will agree to that. They have gotten to a level of awareness that each and every sentient being is but a sparkle of the diamond of perfection that we've come from. We are all representations of source energy. There are beings in the audience that are closing down. They're shutting their ears. I am blaspheming. Or as far as they're concerned, they've lost all faith in me. I am a heretic. I am... Satan's warrior in their minds. I can feel that energy when I say those words. And then after counting to ten, I'll say, and you are God too. And the energy shifts again. My point, as Marcia's blossoming into her divinity, as you're just like a beautiful beautiful rose blossoming in my mind. 
as you're waking up to your divinity, I sense you're also waking up to the fact that at no point in time have we failed. At no point in time do I need to regret missing an opportunity because once I become aware of the opportunity I missed, bam, that opportunity shows up again. Yeah? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. I, I experienced that. I experienced it. So it feels so good. And then I feel that unconditional love just radiating inside, going, you got it now. Good job. Here you go. What's next? (laughs) (laughs) So I have to ask, I get how expectation at the root of that is all that negative emotion. But the question then comes in, kind of like a parent with a child, there's the expectation that you understand the house rules. You understand when you come in from school, you change your clothes, you do your chores, you do your homework, blah, blah, right? Well, how do we differentiate from an expectation of, of doing what you're supposed to do or stepping into your greater self? How do we rid ourselves of the conversation of expectation and not have the expectation all in the same breath? I'm feeding you to get ready for Chapter 8, Performance-Based Contracts. To answer your question, Christina, in your mind, what is the difference between an expectation and an agreement? I don't have a difference. Unless, of course, it comes in with business, and then I would say that legally binding contract (laughs) and the terms that might happen, fees and stuff, if I don't uphold that. What did I have you sign? within your first week of your pay-me-what-I'm-worth journey? Contract. Contract. Did that contract not specifically state that you agree? Not I expect, you agree. Did I answer your question? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Expectations are different than agreements. If we have an agreement to meet tomorrow at noon for lunch at such and such a place, that is an agreement. For whatever reason, I'm sitting there at noon tomorrow at the place we agreed upon and you're not there. You've changed our agreement without my consent. Something happened where you couldn't pick up the phone and say, look, soul, I'm really sorry, traffic's a bear, I'm going to be 15 minutes late. Fine, you've kept your agreement to meet me for lunch. Is this beginning to fall into place? Yep. The biggest difference between expectations and agreements is the difference between implicit and explicit. In my couples counseling, the number one reason why most couples end up breaking up are too many unvoiced expectations. Well, you've always done the shopping. What do you mean you don't want to do the shopping anymore? I thought we agreed that you were going to do the shopping. You always paid the bills. You, you, I thought we agreed you were going to pay the bills. There is an expectation then that that person is now engraved in stone for the rest of their relationship that they will pay the bills. At no point in time did they make an agreement that they're going to review all their agreements 
so that they wash away expectation. And if you recall, check it out. <laughs> Doubt, guilt, shame, and worry were part of our ground rules. I asked you to get in touch with a well-known secret at the beginning of the book. Do you recall what the secret was? Is C-H-O-I-C-E. Choice. Choice. I choose my agreements. If I choose to change the agreements, I better, at the very least, let you know that I'm going to choose to change an agreement. So, Christina, your question about what's the difference between expectations, living under someone's home, having rules, you're expected to take out the garbage, you're expected to clean your room. No, those were agreements. However, you most likely had little or no say in making those agreements. True? Certainly get what I say, no, mm-mm, I didn't get any part of that discussion. It was, I was told that was it, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> but because you did it, you agreed. I implicitly agreed, exactly. Where am I going with this? Your actions can also be your agreement. It doesn't have to be an explicit verbal agreement. Then you choose whether or not you're going to do that. And I can choose to question what you're doing so that I do not make assumptions. Assumptions are what feed expectations. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Now, I know that none of us on Team Clarity could ever be accused of making assumptions. So I realize this doesn't apply to anybody currently listening. <laughs> But I think that that's very pointed. People in my life will tell you I'm quick to be like, all right, so that I'm not assuming wrong or or anything like that. I just want to get this out. This is what I felt. This is how I understood it. This is what I took from it. And I just wanted to know what spirit it was meant in. So I think that's a very good point because people walk around. I have even done it before. Or I've gone around feeling some kind of way all salty about something when literally all I had to do was ask. I would have saved myself lost time in walking around feeling bad and negative. It's easy to allow your judge to take over mm-hmm. and tag something with an intention that wasn't meant at all. I actually learned a lesson for just that this morning. My goddaughter's mother, who I have made my family, had said nothing to me again about June 26th. Well, she'd been on vacation and everything. But what I did this morning, she sent me a text, wanted to know what Kristen and I were doing for the day, and I told her. I just point blank said, so what would you think about the new ruling on same-sex marriage? I had spent all week going, oh, my God, she don't support me. She don't support it. But all I had to do was ask. And, yes, she does support it. So I spent a whole week feeling bad towards quite a few people when all I need to do is just step up and ask, how do you feel about it? What do you think about it? And go ahead and get the answer. And it was a very good answer this morning. It's been a very aha week. I find that every day and hours within the day are ahas now that I'm more unconscious. I don't know about the rest of the team. (laughs) That's the truth. That is the truth. Now that we've faded our ground, we've done a lot of fading over the last few months, haven't we? Yes. Yes. 
Whenever you take a clump of soil and you break it up and you allow the sun and the light and the water to get a hold of it, you leave it alone, stuff will start growing that hadn't been growing before. Yeah? Right. Yep. Right. Your timeline is your garden. What are you going to do with it now? You're going to start looking for weeds? You're going to start looking for pests? You're going to start thinking, hmm, maybe I better um, repot that root-bound expectation over there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's turn that up and see what happens. So as you give yourself grace, and what I mean by grace is as you give yourself permission to feel whatever you want to feel, it needs justification to no one. You're going to find yourself doing an awful lot of cleansing, and it's going to feel really good. I'm shaping things up because we're about to head, once we wrap up Chapter 4, we're wrapping up our journey of introspection. We're wrapping up our journey of who am I? And we're going to shift into who are you? Who's Lordy? <laughs> I'm, I'm hearing two different ways to ask that same question. And I'm saying to myself, whoa. <laughs> Now, this is really piquing my curiosity, the difference. I'm thinking, Ish is about to get real up in here. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. Is it fair to say that the more you're learning about yourself, the more that you're waking up to yourself, the more you begin to tap into this miracle that life is? Yes. So I'll end with this notion. In Chapter 2, you all made a commitment to take the for sale sign and the discount programs. You've decided to terminate that, yeah? Yes. Yep. At least when it comes to you giving yourself away, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That has been fantastic. Here's the flip side, ladies. Next time you're at a yard sale... Something's marked a dollar and you want to ask him 50 cents. <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs> That's not fair, soul. I'm a natural-born haggler. <laughs> For someone you see yourselves all the time, I hated it when somebody said, it's 50 cents, will you take a quarter? And I would say, no. The next time a plumber, an electrician, a dentist, a coach, any professional person says, my rate is $226 per hour, and you go, crap, I can't afford that, or at least I think I can't afford that, but I really want this person. So you counter with, well, would you take 200 what did you just do? Discount yourself. They value bill. You value yourself because you also put that out there and like that reciprocation will come back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel the wheel turning. 
Now, well, and I recognize I'm not being what's good for the goose is the good for the gander. Like I'm quick to say, for example, you can't expect me to coach you for free or give you all kinds of free value, right, and you're not willing to invest in coaching. You can't ask someone else to buy your coaching if you don't go out and purchase someone else's coaching. I'm quick to say that. So now i got to be like egg on my face. Because I'm also quick to be going, I'll be, it is nothing for me to be out like at a flea market or something and haggle. I'm still in a mindset that knowing people price things up with the expectation that there's a bottom price, I'm in conflict on that one. So it's going to take me a minute on that one. (laughs) So, Christina, let me reframe things. You're now living a life where every hour, $200,000 every hour for the rest of your life, $200,000 is being deposited into your checking account. A million dollars is going into your checking account daily, all because you have done what you do. You could be sleeping, you could be eating, You could be having a wonderful spa day. You could be on a four-month silent retreat in the Galapagos Islands. (laughs) You you had me till then. (laughs) I want to do that. But you're earning a million dollars a day. Are you going to tell some poor little person who's trying to sell something for a dollar that you can only afford 50 cents? No, but I also would not ask somebody who's selling something for a dollar to give it to me for 50 cents. On the flip side, there have been a time where I've looked at something that was $500 and I fooled that gun well. I can, I, this is not any more than $250 worth of value. I'm not paying $500 for it. I know that I can go to five different places and get it for $250, or if you want my money right now, you'll give it to me for $250. That's the freedom of choice. Right? That's part of the freedom of choice. There's also the freedom of choice that because you have more money than you'll ever be able to spend in your lifetime, you can give that person $500 and bless them and hope and pray that that extra $250, they're going to make a good use of that. Absolutely. And have done that and will do that in the future, just not every time. All right. I'm putting it out there because, ladies, I really have to begin to be mindful that if there are still weeds of lack mentality, mm-hmm. we have to weed them out. Yeah. All right. Your timeline will do that because the second part of our timeline, in another three weeks, we're going to start getting our crystal balls out. As you get your crystal balls out and you start planning your timeline for the next decade, we're going to be working some magic. I want to make sure that the field is as clean as it possibly can be. <laughs> when mess me up, I got all kind of repotting it in now. <laughs> well, please know, I will reiterate, I am absolutely blessed at the large amount of work you're doing. I will leave you with this notion that As you lead yourself through your memory lane, use that Erickson tool to look at the different stages to help break loose 
some of those themes in your life. And we'll talk about those themes in our next week's call. Sound like a plan? Yep. Okay. Sounds good. I believe we've done a good job today, ladies. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. Well, that was great. Thanks for listening. As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help people get serious about removing blocks to success. Blocks like doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. As you've just heard, our team is both real and serious about being the best that we can be. How about you? Are you ready? Are you ready to remove these blocks in your life? As you can see, I'm very serious about helping you live your life with less stress and more success. Call me at 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 so that we can talk about your next steps. To help you take those steps, you're welcome to listen to our library of over 200 very powerful on-demand shows downloadable just for you at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And before you go, let's continue this conversation in the comment box below. I look forward to talking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for pay radio, radio worth listening to. Have a great day. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.